With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show, the official podcast of huskerhype.com. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey guys, Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. We'll also welcome in Frankie B of the Scarlet and Cream Husker podcast to preview Minnesota and make some guest picks a little bit later. But first, we have to do it just like every week. We have to talk about another disaster. Uh, this time the Huskers blew a 10-point lead with just minutes left in the game to fall 34-31 to in overtime to Northwestern. And for those of you keeping home, uh, keeping track at home, the Ofer streak now extends to 0-6 on the year and 10 now in a row. Uh, Tyler, uh, you know what? Let's talk about the positives because there were a lot of positives in this game. This is the first time that we're doing this podcast where we kind of tasted a victory coming, you know? Uh, that fell. So let's stick to the positives for now. Go ahead, Tanner. Well, I, I think you got to start with the black shirts. I mean, through three quarters of this game, that was the best defensive effort I had seen from this team all year. Um, you know, it, it at least is Colorado. I mean, but they, they did a good job of holding it back. They gave up one touchdown in three quarters. Um, and, and I, I thought overall they were very impressive. Uh, no, I, I think. You know, you look on the other side of the ball, you look at Divine Zigbo, what he did this week. Um, he had the best game of his career. Uh, pro football focus made him a first team selection of their best players of the weekend. So uh, kudos to him for having the game of his weekend. Uh, proved a lot of us wrong that he does fit in this offense. Derek, what got you excited during this game? Well, before we get to that, Tyler, you brought up that uh, pro football focus Big Ten team of the week. You know, what I found so intriguing about that is Lamar Jackson made this team. After all the guff we've given for to Lamar Jackson and he gets benched for a week and he comes back like this, I, that's, that's encouraging. Like, I think that's cool that the kid's actually trying. I, I was kind of worried about the kid transferring, not trying harder. Uh, and Dedrick well, Young. And Dedrick Young, Young made it too, yes. And he had probably the best game we've ever seen him have. I mean, he he actually had a few plays where he had some pressure on the quarterback. I think Luke Gifford had probably the best game I've seen him have in a long time. Uh, Mo Berry continued to be good. Man, Boodle, I don't know. He just took the week off, I guys. I don't know what happened to him. He had like three uh, pass interference penalties. <laughs> it wasn't a prettier game. Aaron Williams is another one that just really struggled throughout this game. But, hey, we picked it. We picked him off twice. And let, let me ask you guys this. This is the thing that irritated me the most about this game. Can you guys name me one other time where a team passed 65 times and didn't get called for holding once? No, but I, I heard that, but I I can't say that I sat there and watched that game thinking, oh my God, they're holding us on every play. Like, I could there have been a couple calls? Maybe, but like. I mean, when Northwestern has been that good at penalties, Derek, you brought this up. You kind of get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, they, they averaged three penalties a game up to that point. I mean, they're they're a very disciplined team. I, I, so, I understand disciplined, but they got one penalty called on them, one. And there was one play where an offensive lineman did take one of our defensive linemen down with an arm bar. 
I mean, if that's not holding, I don't know what is, guys. It, it, look, the game isn't because of the refs. That's not why we lost this game. I just cannot believe you you could throw the ball 65 times and not once get called for holding. I've never seen that. And I, even, I don't care how clean you are. Eventually, you're going to come up with some kind of holding. Well, you won't see that at Nebraska this year, that's for sure. <laughs> Keeping that double-digit actually, penalty. Actually, I think we, I think we had uh, more defensive nine. holding than offensive holdings this game. Yeah, we only had nine uh, penalties. Of course, a couple were declined, but... But, you know, you um, know, the sad thing about that, too, was coming through the third quarter, we only had five penalties for 50 yards. And, I mean, it, we looked like we were cleaning it up. And then that fourth quarter, here we go again. I don't know if yeah. these guys are just getting tired. We we don't have depth on on defense. We've talked about this before, uh, so I don't know if these guys are just getting tired, and so they're just trying to do everything they can to stop them. And it's not it's getting penalties called. Uh, one thing I will say is if you, if you're going to do a defensive hold on a on a wide wide receiver, at least hold him so we don't catch a ball and go for a touchdown. <laughs> right. We couldn't even cheat. We couldn't even stop him when we cheated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so th- there were a lot of good things to take out of this game. Though. I, like I said, I think you cleaned it up for three, three and a half quarters penalty wise. I think you cleaned it up pretty well. Uh, you, you uh, Tyler, you mentioned Divine Zigbo. I mean, that guy was just a beast in this game again. Uh, Maurice Washington continued to look good. Adrian Martinez made a couple freshman mistakes. Like we keep talking about pretty much every week. Uh, that fumble that that the, they end up getting a touchdown on because they scooped it up and picked it up for six uh, for six points. Uh, where was where was the guy that was supposed to be blocking that guy, or did Adrian Martinez just completely not read that blitz? So the, 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 that was a unique play. So they they overloaded one side, and you know as an offensive lineman, you're taught to block inside out, inside out, and. Not that that would have made a difference. He, Martinez probably still would have got sacked, but you know they they blocked the guy's head up on him and didn't get the blitzer, and he came untouched and got it. So you can't really fault Martinez for that a shot like that. That that that's a good play by the defense. And I think when you look at this game overall, you know it, it, there's two different stories. There's the Northwestern game, and then there's the season. If you look at this game in a bubble. Like Northwestern is a good team. You guys can poo-poo all that on that all you want, but they're they're a good team. We lost on the road in overtime. There's no shame in that on face value. It's just it's another week of penalties are the factor. It's another week of our defense when it mattered not making the stop. It's another week of freshman mistakes. It's another week of inaptitude at special teams. Like, I mean, it's just it's just kind of one of these trends that you just keep seeing. And like, it just, it, this is the team. This is the team we are going to deal with for the rest of the season. There is no hope of this changing. You know, uh, as far as depth goes, we're a little bit dinged up. You know, how huge is it now that, you know, we, we do not have a bye week. You can say what you want about Bethune Cookman. That could be a challenge for this team. I don't know yet, but you know, we don't have a, just a week off to get better, you know, just to just to heal up a little bit. So any thoughts that you would have, like, you know, possibly of, you know, prior to this game, finishing off the year at five and six or whatever, you know, that's, that's got to take a shot to the arm right there. Right. I mean, this, this, well, we're not winning now. I mean, we're not going to win. No, now. we're not. I mean, there, there, there was, you know, going to this game, there was a path. If we beat Northwestern, we could be in a bowl. And you kind of started, like, painting that picture in your head. Like, you could win this game, and then you have Minnesota and Illinois, and Michigan State at the time didn't look that good. And, you know, you start looking at this, and you start saying, my God, imagine the end of this season if we won six out of the last seven games. Sure. And, you know, we, this is a 10-game losing streak, Justin, as you pointed out. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a more disappointing loss with the exception of maybe last year's Minnesota game and this 10 game streak. Um, This was brutal. This is a game we had won um, and you could blame some play calls. I'm sure we're going to get there in a second, but like we, we let that we let Northwestern win. um, And this would have been a huge victory for the program. Well, let's talk about those questionable play calls there in the fourth quarter. You know, we were up pretty big and, 
we got the onside kick there at midfield. And I think all of Husker Nation just knew that we were just going to run out this clock and, you know, secure, take the win. Uh, I haven't even, I had even tweeted out before that when we had gone up 31 21, I think, uh, that Husker football was finally fun again to watch. And it was a great, I had a great time watching it. And I can't say that I had that much fun watching a Husker game yet this year, but that was a lot of fun. Uh, but Derek, what happened there in that? Uh, when we recover that onside kick, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm really, I'm really torn on this because they had uh, Northwestern had three timeouts. So if you if you could have just got a first down, you probably end that game. However, I, I think I anticipated it, and I think I, that's what's what I wanted them to do. Like just run the ball, run as much time as you can off the clock, make them use their timeouts, and if you have to punt it, and if you can punt it inside the ten yard line. Defense was playing pretty well up to that point. I mean, really, honestly, they had stopped mm-hmm. him for three and a half quarters. I mean, they looked really good in this game. So you're like, okay, rely on the defense. And then Armstrong comes in and punts it to the one-yard line. And you're thinking, oh, that worked perfectly. We did exactly what we were supposed to do. And then we get a roughing the passer penalty, put, give him the ball right away, and then it, it, just, it just all spiraled from there. And it just... Pass interference also was on that drive as well, I believe. I mean, yeah. It, up before that drive, we only had, we, yeah, we only had six penalties. We got two penalties on that drive, so we gave them 30 yards and then didn't cover worth a damn. And I don't know what, like I said, I don't know if that secondary was getting more out. I don't know what the problem was, whatever. But you didn't cover. You left Flint Nagel, that Flint Nagel open all day long. And I don't know. Then you get in overtime and you go for it on fourth down because you can't rely on a kicking t- on your kicking game because uh, Pickering hits the upright twice, once on a field goal and once on an extra point. Uh, so everyone's going, why do you go for it on fourth and one there? Because well, you can't rely on your kicker in a game-winning situation. Yeah. And your, def- you and your, and your oh, defense – I'm sorry. And your defense just gave up a 99-yard drive and made it look easy. So even if you kick the field goal, are you going to believe your defense can now stop him because he looked wore out in that last drive? Tyler, what are your thoughts there? Well, I think you go back to, to, to onside. You know, we've, we've hit on uh, Devine and Zigbo and how great of a game that that man had. And I think you, you get that ball back and, and you – I think you give him the carry on that first down. It didn't work. It, we, we lost a yard um, on that first play, maybe two yards. I can't remember exactly, but – then his second down, I think that was a questionable call. I mean, I, I don't think he should have got aggressive, but they they were overloading the box. I think that would have been a time to run a swing pass. That would have been a time to run maybe a wide receiver screen, um, you know, maybe um, some sort of trickery to give Adrian Martinez a shot to run it. I, I just I think that he, he played it not wrong, but a little bit to be questioned there. But over time... You know, Derek, you're right. I agree with the decision to go for it on fourth. Um, I think that was the right decision, and who knows what would have happened if he even made the field goal. But look at what happened. The flukiness is third and one. We get a false start. That's not, okay. that's not a fluke. We've gotten penalties every all the time. <laughs> okay. So, okay. That's so, for the course. So, so, so now it's third and six. We get a five-yard gain. Now it's fourth in a pretty short yard. It, it wasn't even a full yard. And for the first time I've seen this year, Tanner Farmer had a bad snap. Like, it, it was just a flukish game. I think this is payback when we beat Northwestern by that Hail Mary uh, by Ron Kellogg because it, it just, it, it was such bad luck. And I, I don't question the decision to go for it on fourth down there. I think that was the play you need to make with what special teams had done, what the defense had done, all the points Derek illustrated. It, it just, I've hit on this before. It's failure to execute when it matters most. And we've done it on third down. We've done it on fourth down. That's a huge factor why we have lost games this year. It was, uh, go ahead, Derek. Well, let's not, uh, make Tanner Farmer out to be the better center than what he is. He's had a few bad snaps. He rolled another one, like in his first game, he rolled one back to him that almost got past him. And then Adrian Martinez, for as young as he is, 
has covered up a lot of his bad snaps with some of his catches back there. Because there have been some low snaps that he holds on to and snaps that have gone too high that he controls. He controls that ball on the snap better than any quarterback we've had in at least the last 10 years, I'd say. Yeah, I agree. Uh, any final thoughts on Northwestern? No? All right, let's uh, get into this Minnesota preview. Let's get uh, Frankie B on. We now welcome in Frankie B of the Scarlet and Cream Husker podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight, Frankie. Oh, thank you guys for having me on. I'm, I'm super excited. Hey, I got to ask you, how? what are you doing to stay so positive on the podcast? <laughs> hey, man, you got to... You know, I, I really don't know how to, you know, that's how I act in life. And, man, I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid and just that ultimate belief that Frost will will get us there to the promised land. Uh, promised land. Just uh, don't want to jump off the boat and be negative about it. You know, just got to believe that it's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's kind of easy to be negative at this point. But, golly, you know, we all want to see some wins. But, you know what, I think that could come in this week. Uh, Minnesota rolls into Lincoln for a 2:30 game on BTN. They're bringing a 3-3 three and three record with a three-game losing streak. Uh, however, they held up their own against Ohio State last week, falling 30-14. to 14. That was a game headed into the fourth quarter. Uh, Tyler, uh, what do you see out of this Minnesota team? Well, you mentioned that Ohio State game. They played pretty well that game. And, you know, if you look back the week before against Iowa, you know, they, they played pretty good scoring over 30 points against that Iowa defense, which is a pretty stout defense. So, um, you know, Minnesota, you know, I, I don't think they're a good team by any stretch. We'll talk about that. But I mean, the last couple of weeks, they have been competitive in defeat. So, um, you know, where we have kind of celebrated some moral victories over the last few weeks. Uh, I think Minnesota is probably doing the same right now. Frankie, what do you like about this matchup? You know, uh, well, of course, you know, we look at Zach Anastad, their freshman quarterback. Uh, you know, I like that matchup. He tends, if you ever watch the film, he tends to stir down his uh, cornerbacks. The only thing is we got to have Boodle get his head to turn around so we can, when he does throw the football, he can be right there to catch the, uh, you know, intercept the football. So Great point, that's, yeah. that's, that's what we need. Uh, so that's the matchup I do like. I, I, I do think Adrian Martinez is the better quarterback. So that's the one advantage we do have. Derek. All right, I know you love the stats. How do we match up there? Well, before we get into that, I want to talk about one thing about Minnesota that I think people are maybe overlooking. This is a very young team. In fact, this is one of the youngest teams in the country right now. Uh, they've, they've have, they have 2,689 yards so far this year. 1,949 of those yards have come by freshmen. Almost 72% of their yards have come from freshmen. Uh, on their roster, 51.7% are freshmen, 69.6% are underclassmen. This is a very young team that we're playing, so that hopefully they're, they're able to make some mistakes. I mean... You, you, this is how serious Derek is about stats. He gets it down to the tenth of a percent. <laughs> hey, those percents matter. Uh, you talked about Zach, Zach Anikstead. Uh you know, he's, he's not the greatest quarterback. He's a true freshman walk-on quarterback. How that happens under any head coach, I don't understand quite. But he's only passing 52% of his passes. He has eight touchdowns to seven interceptions. Uh, surprisingly, Martinez is passing for 62% of his passes this year. So, I mean, he's doing really well. We just need to learn how to finish off some drives more than anything, I think. Well, he's playing like a freshman. I mean, what you expect, but he's holding his own. I think he's playing quite well for a true freshman walk-on. It's pretty impressive what he's doing and stay, going to Ohio State and holding his own and taking that game. I mean, that's that's impressive, right? Tyler, what do you have to say? Well, you, you mentioned the seven interceptions, and, and you talk about holding his own all this, but you have to realize every interception that guy has thrown has been in Big Ten play. Um you know, he was doing pretty well until Big Ten, until real competition started going around. And that guy can't stop turning the ball over. Um, yeah, you know, you could say he held his own, but, I mean, he had a multiple turnover game every Big Ten game. I mean, the guy, he, he is going to give this defense uh, opportunities to make plays. And, you know, you talk about Boodle not getting his head turned around. I mean, overall, Boodle's been a very solid corner uh, with that exception. 
Uh, Lamar Jackson, we talked about earlier, had his best game of the season. Antonio Reed had a pretty good game. I, I, I like our secondary in this matchup. Frankie, what do you got? Well, you know, last week they started their uh, true freshman tackle, the 6'9", 400 mammoth uh, from Australia, uh, Daniel Falele. Uh, you know, they, they had an excellent running game against Ohio State, and I'm wondering if he's part of the reason. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, oh, Derek, go ahead. He's, he's flagging right. me. What, what, one more stat that if there's any reason to worry about this game right here, here's the stat. Minnesota punt returns, 28.67 yards per return. Number one in the country. And we wow, don't seem boy. to know how to stop those. So that kind of scares you a little bit. Well, anything well, anything that comes to special teams has to scare any Nebraska fan. You know, I mean, our special teams has just been so dirt. Uh, go ahead, Tanner. Well, and, and, and they're good on punt coverage. They're 17th in the country. I mean – they, they, they do these little things right. They're great in penalties. Um, seventh in the country in penalties. I mean, they do these little things right, similar to Northwestern. <laughs> don't worry about punt coverage. I mean, we can't, we can't return a punt without getting a penalty, so don't worry about that. Can, can we take J.D. Spielman off of punt returns? I mean, it is absolutely pointless. Every time that guy gets a punt return worth of anything, there is a flag. Like, it is – put – Someone that can just catch the ball and stand there. Because that's all we need because that's all we can do. <laughs> so, uh, Frankie, what do you think of the special team situation we have going on? Well, I'm glad Armstrong can kick the football a little bit, but we're, we're still, <laughs> I mean, uh, was this live born? He still kicked the ball uh, out of bounds uh, on our first kickoff uh, last week. Uh, so, yeah, yeah it seems like, but, that, but that's just the, the virus of being a bad football team is, is is the you know special teams if that's if your team's pretty bad and the special team's bad i mean it, it's really hard to recover so hopefully with armstrong you know punting the football maybe he can actually kick it in the corner where it's supposed to go so our our uh, coverage can get down there and stop the minnesota punt returns from getting 28 yard punt returns yeah that's the most frustrating part about being zero and six there's there's not one single thing to point at here to say hey you need to fix the penalties or the turnover special teams i mean it's, there's just so many things that uh is adding to this so it kind of makes you think it's like minnesota coming to town definitely looks beatable but we beat ourselves so much and you just don't know where we're going to beat ourselves next time you know last year when uh uh, we got killed by Minnesota, fifty-four twenty-one. To me, that really signaled the end of the Mike Riley era. I mean, letting Minnesota do that to you. I hope there's a revenge factor, uh, but my God, there's there's just so many black eyes there that we we've, we've given ourselves this year, uh, Derek. Well, yeah, and and that's the whole thing is like like you said, there's there's something different every week, like. Caleb, like uh, Frankie, you mentioned it earlier. You know, Caleb Lightburn was pretty solid on kickoff on kickoffs. That's why we kept him in there. And now all of a sudden, he kicks one out of bounds. Uh, Barrett Pickering, for as bad as a field goal kicker he's been, he's been very solid on extra points. All of a sudden, he kicks one off the uprights. We last week we have like twenty holding calls on us on our offensive line. This this week we did good on the offensive line, but now our defense is holding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just if you're Scott Frost, where do you start? Because I mean, you just you go. There's something different every week. I mean, I, I just I, if I was Scott Frost, I'd have no clue where, where to even start to fix all these problems. Derek, you're de- I completely disagree with you. It's not something different every week. It's special teams. It's penalties. I mean, you could argue, oh well, penalties came from this one place. It, it's an overall culture. Those are two things that we are systematically failing at right now. We don't have good special teams week in, week out. You could talk about punt. You can talk about punt coverage, punt return. You can talk about penalties, who's holding. But we're holding. They're obviously holding every damn week. Like, there, there is a cultural problem there. But it's different on special teams every week. One week this kicking looks good, the next week the kick coverage looks bad or good. It's never the same. And this punter seems to be doing really well now that we got Caleb Lightborn out of there. Who now should be yeah. sitting on the bench for kickoffs too, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, just go ahead and let Armstrong do that too. But, Fra- I, Frankie, I'll let you separate these two. Who's right in this? 
Oh, uh, well, I tend to g- tend to go with Derek on these things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got another, another Keith Derek. Hashtag, hashtag Team Derek. Derek <laughs> no, but one of the things that I'm most concerned about is you know Shannon Brooks. He's back. I'm not sure if if yep. he's you know he's in a little bit of trouble right now with or he getting a fight with his roommate. So charges haven't been pressed, but it sounds like he could play this Saturday. But then you have Mohammed Ibram. He had a pretty good game against Ohio State. And, you know, with the, the Huskers, you know, we did have a – we did stop the run against Colorado and against Northwestern. Like, you know, if I'm P.J. Fleck and I see what, you know, what the last four teams have done to us, I think I'd just run the football against against our defense. Yeah, we're so susceptible to that run. You know, it's kind of like uh, we talked on the, the podcast about why uh, Wisconsin – why would they ever throw a pass against us? I mean, they didn't need to. They they could have really made it ugly. And that's that's the only worry that I have in this game is how we can stop their run effectively and not get beat by those big runs on the outside or whatever. That that part does scare me. Uh, I don't think that uh, the Zach Anikstead, I don't know how big of a passing threat he really is. Uh, he can he can probably make some plays against our defensive backs, especially the way they played last week. But it's uh, it's that run that really scares me. Derek? Well, at least they don't have that like 15-year senior Rodney Smith coming back. He's injured for yeah. a year, so. And he killed us last year. So Everybody I, on that team killed us last year, Derek, okay? I guess, his knees are probably old, are getting bad because he's so old now. No, I do a lot of. Uh, I listen to a lot of the Minnesota podcast, and they sure just love that Tyler Johnson. They're talking if he doesn't win Big Ten, ten honors, that'd be a that would be horrible. Yeah, I mean he has thirty six catches, five hundred twenty one yards, five or six touchdowns this year. So they're thinking he's one of the top wide receivers for the Big Ten. Wow. All right, uh, I, I do. Before we move on from Minnesota and get into our weekly picks, I have to express my deep hatred for PJ Fleck. Uh, <laughs> I can't stand him. He's uh, if there's only two games that we win this year, it has to be Minnesota and Iowa. I I hate PJ Fleck. I don't hate Minnesota. I hate PJ Fleck, but I just hate Iowa. Uh, Tyler likes PJ Fleck. He's a big no. he's a big sweater tie fan on the sideline. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, got the I, same I, haircut as you can see here. I, 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 I don't, um, you know, I don't hate him. I mean, I, I think that when I look at his face, like, I don't know if there's anyone in the country from a coaching perspective, I'd rather punch. So I really enjoy <laughs> the thought of punching him in the face someday if I ever meet him. Cause yeah, the, the guy's a douche. Uh, go row your damn boat. <laughs> Derek's not a fan. I know I, he don't bother me, but I want to go back to your only. If we only win two games, you'd be okay with a Bethune Cookman loss as long as we win those two. You know, at, if we could only win two, those would be the two that I would pick at wow. this point. Give me three, I'll throw Bethune Cookman. But you know, I'd throw somebody else in there before Bethune Cookman. I mean, what are you? What are you really saving at this point? You know, whether you're two and ten or three and nine, <laughs> who cares, right? Frankie, what do you think about PJ Fleck? Do you share the hatred? Oh yes, I, during our uh, you know during the off season we talked you know we gave a Minnesota preview and of course you know I live here close to Lincoln, Nebraska and what I would wish is PJ Fleck was rowing his boat out by Branch Oak and then the USS Frost just blows his ass away. You know you can see him <laughs> just struggling. You know like he just see his eyes get all super big and he's like trying to row his damn little bow near Frost on his big old you know super aircraft carrier with machine guns and just blowing his. You know, just blowing him away. That, man, that's what I wanted. But, you know, unfortunately, the season hasn't gone the way Husker fans have wanted. So, But I hope we can uh, knock him out uh, on Saturday. Uh, especially in front of that home crowd. Uh, you know what? I don't even know what the weather's supposed to be in Nebraska. I live in Texas, so. Uh, uh, but what, what's the weather supposed to be? 50s, 60s, around there. It's supposed to be someone nice. Okay, so it's going to be good. Good weather. All right. So we can sink that boat. All right. Uh any final thoughts on Minnesota, guys? No? All right, let's move to the games of the week. Now, Frankie, all these games are picked straight up. Uh, first game goes to you, Derek. Well, you, you, you don't want to update on the Oh, yes, standings? yes, I'm sorry, Tyler. Yes, update us on the weekly standings. I mean, we, we, we should skip them because, uh, <laughs> uh, again, the guest came on and kicked their ass last week. Uh 
uh, our guest Todd last week uh, went five and one. Uh, his only loss was because he picked Nebraska. So uh, sorry, Todd. Uh, but um, overall on the year, uh, the guests are up twenty eight to thirteen uh, or twenty eight uh, right thirteen wrong. Derek's in second, twenty three and eighteen. Justin, you're still in the positive at twenty one and twenty and. God, I can't pick shit. I'm 19 to 22. <laughs> 19 to 22. Oh wow. Hey, Todd didn't right. kick my ass. I went four and two last week, and I screwed up and picked Nebraska too. So, God, I picked against Nebraska. What did I do? I went three and three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, me and you both went three and three. Good lord. All right. Well, I, I feel it. I feel uh, that it's going to get better this week. Hey, it's a good slate of games to pick from this week, though. There's a lot of good games, a lot of top 25 matchups. Uh, I thought last week was a great uh, Saturday of college football. I think this has the chance to really be that way as well. Uh, So first one to you, Derek. Number six, Michigan. Seven-point favorites at number 24, Michigan State. Who do you have? Oh, I tell you, Michigan's scoring 38 points a game, and – the only team to hold them under, or they're scoring more than that. The only team to hold them under thirty-eight points was Northwestern. Northwestern beat the hell out of Michigan State. I, I'm not convinced on Michigan State at this point. They did look really good against Penn State. I'm just not sure if it was going to be. They'll be able to continue it again this week. Uh, Michigan's got the better defense. They're just rolling right now. I think Michigan. I'm starting to buy into Michigan. I think. I think Jim Harbaugh finally gets that big win over Michigan State. Tyler. You know, both teams are coming off huge wins. I mean, both of them uh, won really impressive games. Michigan State beat Penn State last uh, week, which kind of was a kick because I really like Penn State. Um, and, you know, Michigan beat Wisconsin handily. I think Michigan right now is one of the five best teams in the country. Um, I think they win this weekend. Frankie. Yeah, I mean, I think Michigan's probably one of the most improved teams from week one. I think, uh, you know, if you watch a lot of college football, I think you could you could probably predict that. You know, if you uh, if they were to play Notre Dame now, I think Michigan would win. So I'll just go with Michigan uh, winning against Michigan State. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. When we did our preseason uh, conference picks here, uh, Derek had Michigan State, Tyler had Penn State, and I had Ohio State. But surprisingly, it looks like Michigan's probably the best team out of the East right now. And uh, I like – go ahead, Derek, what do you say, Derek? At least my pick beat Tyler's pick. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got Michigan in this. I think Michigan – they could blow Michigan State up. Uh, all right, Tyler, number nine, Oklahoma, eight-point favorites at TCU. Yeah, you, you talked about last weekend's college football, Oklahoma and Texas. That was one of the most fun games I've watched this season. Um, it was a great game. Um, obviously, Oklahoma lost. They're going on the road to TCU. I do think TCU is a good team, but the difference in this game is going to be Ky- Kyler Murray. Um, and for my vote, he is the best college football player I have seen play. He is athletic as could be. He has 21 TDs, uh, three interceptions, 71 71- uh, percent completion. I think he is the difference. It gives him the slight edge on the road at TCU. Frankie. Oh, are we not choosing Oklahoma because of Bob Diaco? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. I, I think they just had a flub against Texas. Derek. Uh, you know, the one thing you forgot to mention about Kyler Murray, Tyler, is he's actually making more money than half the coaches in the college football. Oh, uh, TCU's offense is really, really struggling this year. They, they've they scored 14 points against Texas Tech, 17 against Iowa State, 16 against Texas, 28 against Ohio State, and 42 against SMU. They can't score. So I think even Oklahoma's defense have which is not a very good defense. Even they're going to be able to stop him, I think. Uh, Kyler Murray, he's going to score a lot of points. I, I don't see where TCU even stays in this game, honestly. You know, I'm with you, Derek. That was the exact point that I wanted to bring up is what happened to this TCU offense. Last three games, they're they're not very good. I don't think they, they can score enough points to even hang with Oklahoma. I like Oklahoma big. That uh, Oklahoma will definitely cover in this game. 
All right, Frankie, we're coming to you now. Number 16, North Carolina State at number three, Clemson. Clemson is 16-point favorites. Yeah, when doubt if uh, Clemson wins, you know, they're, you know, predicted to go into the final four this year. So Clemson wins this game pretty easily by two touchdowns or more. Derek? I agree. Uh, NC State, I think people are kind of jumping on this NC State board, boat, but they've played James Madison, Georgia Southern, Marshall, Virginia, and Boston College. They really haven't faced anybody that tough yet. And Clemson's going to just be – they're going to look like Alabama against – Georgia Southern in this game, I think. Tyler? I, I don't know if I agree with you there. I, I think this is a game that is going to be a good game going in the fourth quarter, but it, it's at Clemson, um, and, you know, you know Ryan Finley, um, you know, he has struggled. I mean, the guy has not been efficient this year. I think, you know, he's been all right, but when you're not efficient on the road, um, I, I think that's just enough to give Clemson the win. I like Clemson also, but if this game was at North Carolina State, I'd be tempted to take North Carolina State here. Uh, I do think North Carolina State will keep it close, but Clemson gets the win. Uh, Derek, number 22, Mississippi State at number 5, LSU, coming off of a huge win last week. Uh, they're seven-point favorites in this game. Yeah, that that game was the other one that screwed me. Was I picked Georgia to beat LSU, and who knew that LSU would win by 20 points? Yeah. Uh, Todd, it, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Todd, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, if, if Georgia, who I still think is a really good team, can't go into Death Valley and beat LSU, I don't think see anywhere near possible that Mississippi State can do this. Mississippi State's one and two in the SEC. You don't go into Death Valley and win that game. I don't think. Yeah. Tyler, um, agreed with everything you said. I mean, they, they lost to Florida two weeks ago. LSU did. Um, they look to rebound strong um, against Georgia. I think they keep it rolling against Mississippi State. Frankie. Uh, you know, it's just weird how just one uh, a quarterback by the name of Joe Burrow, he just has to play average. And you look how good LSU is playing this year. You know, they've over the last few years, you can say that LSU could have been a decent team, but they have no quarterback this year. Decent play. So I expect LSU to win. Yeah, uh, Ed Orgeron needs to send some send some money over to uh, to the quarterback because uh, he's definitely saving his coaching career. We all thought that Ed Orgeron would be on the hot seat, not so much anymore. Uh, but yeah, I got LSU, and I'm starting to think that we should have picked better games because we're all agreeing here. So this is really um, terrible. Yeah. But uh, all right, Tyler, we're coming to you, number twelve, Oregon at number twenty-five, Washington State. Uh, Washington State is surprisingly two and a half point favorites. I, I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend. Um, I, I I really do. I think Washington State um, has been probably the most underrated team in the country. Uh, their lone loss is against USC by a field goal. Um, but I think you know I mentioned Michigan being one of the top five teams in the country. I think Oregon could also be in that category. I've been very impressed with <laughs> what they have done. That win against Washington was. Um, unexpected, at least for me, I, I am, uh, I, I am a believer in Justin Herbert in that offense. I think Oregon wins this game in a very close game. Frankie. Um, I'm wondering if Bill Moose is just sitting there in Lincoln, wondering why, he sh- why he left Washington state. So I'm going to go with uh, Mike Leach. I think he's one of the better coaches in the league there. And I think, you know, you know, they're up by two points. It's a two and a half spread. That's basically even by betting standards. So Washington wins this game by seven. Derek. Wow. I, you know, I, I've been confused by this because it blows me away that Washington State's favored by two and a half. ESPN's FPI has them, has them winning 61.5% chance of winning. And I don't see it. I just, I don't. Washington State's best win so far is Utah. They lost to USC, who's average, I think, right now. Uh, Oregon's battle tested, man. I mean, they, they should have won that game against Stanford, they had a bit of a collapse there. They beat number seven Washington. They beat uh, at then number twenty four Cal. They're just they've played tougher teams and come out smelling like roses a lot more than Washington State has. I think so. I gotta go with Oregon. All right. Well, I'm siding with Frankie on this. I'm going with the guest. I think Washington State wins. I think that passing attack is going to be too much for Oregon. And with that passing attack being at home, I think they get it done. They beat Oregon. You're just riding the coattails of the. <laughs> Guest picker, come on. Hey, 
Look, look at that. I actually had it marked down. <laughs> I, so I, I don't know if that's the kiss of doom for the guest or uh, since the guest went that way, it's the kiss of doom for me. So Okay, Mr. Below 500 in your weekly picks. I, I don't know why you're talking. That's why we pick these games. So maybe everybody would pick them the same. Maybe we can get Tyler over 500. <laughs> he, he just might. Otherwise, he's going to tank us all. All right, now it's time for the score prediction contest. All right, Derek, what's your score prediction? This team after Michigan has improved, I th- to me at least, week by week. They've looked better and better, and they continue. They found ways to lose each time, but I think that's over. I think I think we find a way to win. I got Nebraska winning thirty-eight to twenty. I think we destroy Michigan. I guess I could have set that up better. What we're predicting is Minnesota, Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska's three and a half point favorites. Not that affects your score prediction, uh, but yeah. Derek, I'm sorry. Say your score prediction again. Nebraska 38, Minnesota 20. That's an ass whooping right there, Derek. I think it's going to happen. All right, Tyler. Well, I, I may not be good at the weekly pickums, but I was the closest last week in my score prediction. So uh, I got that going for me. But, um, you know, Derek, I'm kind of with you. I, I think this is a week where Nebraska pops. Um, and I think it's going to be led by the defense. I've been very critical of this unit. But I am not impressed with Minnesota's offense. I think at home, what I saw in three quarters of that game, I think Lamar Jackson's turning around. I think a lot of these players that have Antonio Reed's turned around. I think Dietrich Young's turned around. I, I like what Nebraska's going to do. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. I think Nebraska wins 28-17. to 17. Nice. Frankie? Well, you know, my concern is if Minnesota starts, you know, with a uh, have over 150 yards rushing, then I think that kind of bodes in their favor to win the football game. But however, I think the Huskers pull it off at the end. Uh, Go with uh, Martinez to Stanley Morgan for a last-second touchdown, and they win 24-23. to Nice. All right, that's going to be all four of us. I have Nebraska winning 34-24. This is going to be the time that Scott Frost and crew, they get it done. We're going to get it done in front of that home crowd. And we're finally going to be proud, and we're going to be singing a different tune next week, headed in Bethune-Cookman, and sing all the praise. Let's just hope that uh, we clean up some of these areas, but I I think they get it done. So, awesome. Awesome. All four picks, uh, all four of us pick winners. I thought for sure you were picking Minnesota there, Justin. I I honest to God did. And the fact that you have us... Winning by 10 points just shocks me for the way you've been talking about this team. Hey, you know what? I, I really believe that this is going to be the time that they get it done. I mean, we were so close last week, and that's the closest that we've been all year. And I just kind of saw them turning the page. You know, we played, what, 57 minutes of great football and just kind of collapsed there at the end. But uh, it's it's going to happen. Derek? I just want to tell you, if you would have picked Minnesota, I would have drove down there. Took your kayak oar and smacked you in the face with it. It's a paddle, not an oar, you dork. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, no, I mean, yeah, you, you got to take Nebraska in this. I'm feeling good. I mean, we're, we're three-and-a-half-point favorites. I think we opened up as uh, five-point favorites. It's come down a little bit just because, you know, we haven't won a game yet. <laughs> but it's, it's going to happen. I, I feel really good. Uh, Frankie, final thoughts. Oh, uh, yeah, just, you know, just hoping that the, you know, the Huskers play well on Saturday. I, uh, you know, it's been a kind of a rough season going 0-6, but, you know, keeping, drinking the Kool-Aid, believing in Frost, I, I feel that the Huskers get their first win this, uh, this Saturday. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, throw out your Twitter handle and let the listeners know how they can listen to your podcast. Oh, yes, uh. Sure, yes, we're at The Scarlet Cream, and you can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. We're pretty much everywhere. So just, you know, you can Google The Scarlet and the Cream Husker podcast. It'll pop up on Google. So I really appreciate you guys having me on tonight. Sure, we'll include your Twitter handle when we post the show as well. Thank you so much for joining us. We had a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. All right, let's do this again sometime. Cool. Oh, yes, sir. All right. Thanks, Frankie. We'll see you. Yes, sir. All right, now it's time for the Let It Ride segment. We've had great success here. The Let It Ride segment is where we bet, uh, starting off, we start out with $3, and we double that amount each week that we win. 
Now, half of the total winnings that we have at the end of the year is going to go to Tom Osborne's charity teammates. We've already secured a $50 donation from HuskerHype.com to contribute if we end up sucking. But we got a streak going on, guys. Last week, we picked Iowa, five-and-a-half-point favorites at Indiana. Uh, so we had 1097 rolling over into this. Uh, and Iowa won 42-16, by the way. This week, we are rolling $20.94 into Houston, 12.5-point favorites at Navy. Derek, why is this a good bet? I'll tell you what. Houston scores, and they score fast. They score a lot of points, and they're going to take a big – I think they'll take an early lead on, on Navy, and they don't have an offense to come back. I mean, they – run the ball. They can't pass. They don't pass. So if they get behind big, they're going to lose big. And I think that's going to, what's going to happen. Tyler. Yeah. I mean, Derek kind of summed up, I will say, you know, now we got some more money right on this. I'm a little nervous. Those, uh, Academy schools are, you know, they're, they're known to play some teams tough. They're, they're hard nosed, obviously well-disciplined. Um, but I think Houston is just so much more talented than Navy's going to be. I think they're going to go on the road. I, I think this is a double-digit victory for them. Um, you know, I, I just think that uh, Houston is a better team right now. Well, double-digit victory needs to be greater than 13, so <laughs> 11 won't cut it. But, no, I, I like Houston because they score a lot of points. You know, I, I like to look at teams that score a lot of points. Uh, it's at Navy, which kind of had me uh, afraid a little bit going on the road. But the weather in Annapolis, Maryland, is going to be—it's going to be beautiful. So uh, I really like this pick. It's, it's a good one. Uh, all right, time for the last call. Last call to you, Derek. Oh, my last call is almost a depressing one. Chip Kelly got his first win before Frost did. So hopefully. Frost follows suit and figures out how to win this week. Oh, I was saying, and they kicked ass too. That was a sad part. It wasn't even a close game. I think they won like thirty-seven to seven or something like that. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, similar to Frost, I'm surprised it took Chip Kelly so long. Chip Kelly's a good coach. I thought UCLA had a little bit more talent than they had showed this year. Um, I, I, I did. I liked UCLA a lot um, as kind of an underdog team. Um, and yeah, um, it is depressing that Frost is now the winless one of the bunch. Yeah, it's better when they were both, uh, uh, winless, but you know, that's okay. Frost is going to get his this weekend, so it all works out. All right. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call is out to Joey Bosa, who is saying goodbye to college football. Um, the Ohio State stud defensive player, one of the best defensive players in college football, has decided that he is done playing college football and going to prepare for the draft. Um, we all thought it was a bad precedent when these players sat out in bowl games. Now a player who has a shot to win a national championship says, peace. Yeah. You know, this could be a topic in all of itself right here. Uh, I, I don't know if I blame the guy. Money talks, you know. When Bubba Starling was committed to Nebraska, he took the $6 million to go play baseball. And you know what? He's coming out of high school. Don't care. Take the money. A lot of people want to rag on Joey Bosa for uh, uh, for leaving. But you know what? It's all about the money, you know? Go get that money. You're not going to get that with your college education anyway. Take it. Derek. Have a little pride. Don't jebby at your team. Come on. He could play for a national championship. Have a little he pride played in two play. games. He 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 already has a national championship. He played in two games. He wasn't he probably wouldn't come back healthy anyway. Just take care of him. He doesn't have a national That's championship, does he? Yeah. Are you sure? His brother did. Pretty does. sure. I thought his brother did. I don't think he does. All right. Somebody fact check that, would they? Tatter, are you fact checking us? No. Okay. All right. Well, last call to me then. All right. There's at least a little bit of great news coming out of uh, Nebraska this weekend. Bud Crawford defended his welterweight title with a 12th round knockout of Jose Benavides Jr. with 45 seconds left in the round. And I'm so glad he got this knockout. This Jose Benavides guy, 
he was a douche. He was a douche. Every time he was getting lit up out there, he'd hold up his arms, scrunch up his face, and they, hey, that didn't hurt me, bro. But no, he was getting gassed. He was gassed in the second half of that fight, and I, I just didn't like that guy. I'm so glad I was, uh, it was vindicated that he got the knockout. Derek? Oh, every time he put his gloves down by his side and stuck out his face and smiled, I was hoping Crawford would just knock him out right there. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm not even the biggest Crawford fan. Like, I, I don't mind Crawford. I'm not going to say I dislike the guy, but I think he gets a little cocky sometimes too. But in this fight, I was hoping so bad that Crawford would just knock his ass out. I hated the fact that it took till the 12th round to do it, but – Boy, it's good fight. It was a good fight, and you know what? That twelfth round, I could watch that twelfth round over and over again. Because when he throws that uppercut and then that hook and, not, and knocks that guy on his ass and he rolls over in the on the on the canvas, oh, it was just sweet. It was so sweet to watch it. And then he gets up, tries to fight again, and just Crawford just feeds like a hungry shark, and there's just no no hope for that kid. So it was, it was a good fight. It was fun to watch. Tyler. Yeah, I, uh, Bud Crawford, um, you know, right now he is more than the band, the pride of all of Nebraska. So um, didn't get a chance to watch the fight live, but, uh, you know, I thought he was going to knock him out in the weigh-ins. I'm glad he didn't do it and did it for the money when it counted. Hey, not to hijack this last call segment here, but did you guys watch that first fight or see the first fight with Shakur Stevenson yes. and uh, his knockout? Wasn't that the funniest knockout? He had He scored a round one knockout. And uh, he knocked him down into the ropes. And his face, when he was walking back to the corner, was just classic. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for the for the gif to come out, or gif, whatever you want to call it. I'm waiting for that to come out on that one. Because you know it's oh, coming it, it, around. The, the, oh, the, yeah, the, the goofy look he had on his face, and he's nodding his head up and down, and he just... Had his eyes are wide open, and he's got this goofy smile on his face. Oh, yep. it, was, it was so funny. It was. It was good. Hey. He was a silver medalist in the 2016 Olympics. Uh, he's a fun fighter to watch, and his person—he's got a great personality. His interviews—I mean, he doesn't even sound like a boxer. I mean, he just sounds like a kid. But he's got—he's—he's he's a great fighter. But yeah, he's got a bright future ahead of him. All right, guys. Uh, well, did, did Tyler else? get done fact checking us? No. Oh, no. he's okay. He's twittering. He ain't got time to fact check this. All right, let's get out of here, guys. Great show tonight. Had a lot of fun. Big thanks to Frankie B of the Scarlet and Cream Husker Podcast for joining us tonight. Had a great time with him. Uh, Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, HuskerHype.com. All feedback is welcome. Let us know how you like the show. Help us out and share this episode. Get our show out there. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. And as always, go Big Red.